Wait, are we are we recording right now? Oh, okay. <clears throat> Welcome to Rambling. I'm your moderator, Chance Middleton. This is a show where we like to take all kinds of random opinions and ramblings and put them together and can join discussion with our peers. The show includes all sorts of topics, questions, opinions, jokes, random thoughts that you just can't sleep at night with, or random shower thoughts you get when you get soap in your eyes. So here we go. There's a growing concern in modern times about the environment, right? And what factors go into global warming and all that stuff. And one of the increasingly looked at aspects of that is power and how we get our our energy on, on Earth and what it does to the environment. Like coal's a really big monster right now because it has a lot of carbon dioxide emissions. And uh, today I'd just like to talk about the different forms of power, get some of you guys' opinions on it, and just have some open discussion. I kind of feel like just this topic in general isn't really talked about as much anymore. I feel like everyone's just kind of pushed, like, I feel like everyone's just kind of pushed the, like, just saving our world, like, go green type of mandate kind of in the background. With modern technology, too. Uh, we can literally create infinite power. Like, with nuclear fission, nuclear fusion, uh, wind, solar, hydrogen, and we can also sustain the jobs with that as well. Because I know one of the biggest topics in this whole discussion of power is where are the coal miners and the roughnecks on the old rigs going to go. Have you done any research on that? or? Um, I've done some research into the different, like, aspects of maintaining running power plants and stuff. Yeah, and see, like you said, infinite energy. We don't have access to infinite energy. Oh, yeah, even with things like... like, Even the sun's not infinite. Yeah. And, like... The the only way we'd have truly infinite energy is... uh, What's it called? The... Uh, machines that like keep moving forever. What are yeah, they like, uh, like the kinetic energy. Yeah. The only that, the downside about that is though you can never use those to power something else because it's the transfer of energy. Yeah, which is why they're only a theory. Really. Yeah. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of these, even um, wind, solar, nuclear, hydrogen power, every other form of power takes an extensive amount of manpower to create, maintain. Am I right? Oh yeah. I mean. If you look at just the waste from like solar farms, like a one solar farm that produces like a megawatt per hour is going to produce like three three hundred fifteen thousand metric tons of waste in its lifetime. Like, but that's, what kind of waste is that? Like, is um, it- it's replacement parts for the solar panels, um, uh, waste from clearing land for more solar panels. But, I mean, all that's, like, organic materials. I mean, because solar panels well, are mainly metal and stuff. Like, you're going to have though. some synthetic plastic. Well, yeah, but, but, I mean, those things can't really degrade over time. Like Yeah, like metal. And if you, if you have a cracked solar panel, you need to replace that. Yeah. And that seems like it takes a lot of manpower, too, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you if you even think about, like, the 
just to get solar panels to be useful you have to clean those a lot like if they oh, get yeah. too much dust or dirt on top of them they just won't function that and they're only 100 percent effective midday whenever the sun's straight up directly on I have heard of some of them using something like the well, sunflower. Well, some like rotate with the sun. Yeah, like so. the sunflower effect. But the thing is, though, you lose a pretty substantial amount of power moving that much solar. I mean, you still gain. You gain about thirty percent more sunlight is something, some type of number like that, and then, but like you're still using like five, four percent of that power back to move all the solar panels. Yeah. But going back though, looking at the what would we do with. Um, the coal miners and the roughnecks and all those guys uh that's one of the largest arguments today about changing power is where are these guys going to go once we stop using coal or oil but i mean these these workers that have worked these blue collar workers have worked very very hard could do the similar jobs with solar panels and stuff like it doesn't take that much transfer skill to go clean solar panels it doesn't take that much transfer skill to pick up metal put it in a truck and drive the truck to a plane it's not the issue that they wouldn't be able to do it it's just they have a everyone has a fear of change in society yeah but it's a it's a good thing to know though that as soon as they're as soon as they don't have a job in the coal mine or on the oil platform they can immediately turn around and get a job as a solar and i mean on top of that like oil and like coal mining uh, quarries and stuff like that like there is a lot a lot of land across the u.s i mean even worldwide like it's a very very large number of just land used for coal oil stuff like that but something else too is uh like is like stainless steel in solar panels and any other devices made needs coal the carbon in coal to bind with the steel or the iron to make stainless steel which is something else you need to think about though the oil makes the plastic the the coal makes the stainless steel and all that stuff. If if we do make a change to a different type of power, whether it be um, whatever it is, more green power and shift away from coal and oil, we can still use those for other things, like you said. Like oil's still highly used in uh, vehicles and making plastics, plastics. like you said. Yeah. Coal, we use carbon from coal. Coal is a huge source of carbon. I mean, we can still have those workers. There might be less of them, but like you said, the the others that are let off can find work doing other things similar yeah. that would be needed for uh, other sources of power. Yeah. It says here that 52% of the land in the U.S. is used for agricultural purposes or coal, oil, etc. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, I, I can see the agriculture. Like, I mean, you look at farming. Canada, I understand, but like yeah. that that includes like your oil and all that, which is around two hundred million acres is used for like quarries and yeah. oil and whatnot. And I mean, that's a necessary evil to an extent. Like, you have to have plastic. You have to have stone. You have to have carbon to create steel and stuff like that. What's the what? closest thing we have to infinite power? Well, solar. Yeah, solar doesn't. I feel like solar's good. The only thing y'all say is that it takes up too much space, but that's stupid. All right, I got I got something to say about that. The amount of land it takes for one kilowatt, not megawatt, but one kilowatt hour of solar energy is 100 square feet of land. 
for right. one megawatt, that's 43.5 acres of land now, for of one course, megawatt per hour. I understand what this means, <laughs> but can you dumb it down for our audience? Um, <laughs> a city about the size of Bowling Green in Kentucky uses about three kilowatts per, per hour. So it would take about 300 square feet of just solar panels of like charge. every single centimeter being a solar panel with the Which, ability to yeah. absorb it's energy. A lot of land. Logistically impossible. Like yeah. You can have rows and you have space you can work. Well, like they, there's been a big talk, especially in Kentucky, uh, like putting almost all grocery stores, big businesses like that, solar paneling the top and then uh, also sense. with the roof, they're adding like a reflective layer that goes over top of the so roof under it, where it reflects all the heat back up. So yeah. in the summer, it's a lot cheaper to cool your I, house and everything too. Yeah. I believe that solar panels are a good source of energy on a small scale. Like having a few solar panels to charge like a house or a small building is fine, but thinking that solar panels are going to be the end all be all for powering the earth cleanly is uh, just a fallacy and it's never going to work like yeah. people think it will. Well, I heard Elon Musk said something about uh, if you took a quarter of Utah, like just like the top quarter of Utah, and you covered it all in solar panels, it would be enough to cover the entire, con like you could power the entire continental United States with just that. Yeah, but I mean, again, think about the amount of work would go into cleaning that and for it to be efficient. He's probably thinking more like the theory would be like if it had direct the maximum production throughout the day, all day, yeah. every day, which isn't going to happen, especially in like snowy conditions or yeah. rain. It's too cloudy Something out. But Utah, like, I mean, it's deserts. So you never have to worry about rain, clouds, snow, but it's desert because there's sand. And if you have to clean all that sand off all day, every day. But say, like, the solar's, like, if you look at it, like, practically, like, it's really not meant to be used alone. It's meant to be used alongside a water source. So, like, hydrogen, hydrogen electric and solar electric. Now, what are the, what are the cons other than cleaning and stuff? Like, I feel like this takes a lot of production to make. Well, think, if you had 300 square feet of surface area that has to be perfectly cleaned or it won't absorb energy. Yeah. That's a lot of time. A lot of money going toward workers. And I mean, I've seen solar panels before. Like, there's tons of wires and metal. And stuff yeah, like and that. I mean, even ones with like a windshield wiper type method of cleaning them, like yeah. that's self. Uh, and even then, they get to put the plastic and the metal into that small contraption. If you do that 300 square feet over, probably gonna be pretty expensive. But through your research, Caleb, what has been the most promising method of power? Oh, it has to be 100% nuclear. nuclear. Nuclear power costs the less, it produces the most, and it has zero carbon emissions and um, a carbon footprint. It has nothing, no effect on the environment. No, I will say this, the only problem with the environment is the aftermath and the waste of it. Well, um, when people think of nuclear waste, they think like Hollywood stuff, like a big tub of green oh, liquid yeah, no. that's going to poison everything. Well, but nuclear waste, I mean, it's, it's more of like rods that are kind of. Well, there are, the spent rods are uh, a factor, but the amount that a 
a nuclear power plant would go through is very little. Like, yeah. if you look at pictures of nuclear power plants, they have like maybe but the 10 to 20 rods inside of them, and those things can last for years. Yeah. The main waste from like nuclear stuff is uh, the coolant they use to cool the uranium rods. It gets so so much radioactive particles from the uranium in it that like if you're in a room with like a cup of it like for more than five minutes like it can cause you to have radiation sickness. Actually, I think that might be a myth because most nuclear plants use just water, just straight water to cool because it works as a double action. The reason, the way that nuclear power plants work is the way a steam power plant would work but without coal. It uses uranium to heat water, which moves turbines, which creates power. And uh, the pools that they store the water, the, the nuclear rods in, uh, besides being extremely hot, it's actually not that radioactive. Like you could go swimming in one and you wouldn't really be affected unless you got extremely close to the rods. Yeah, well, it depends if the rods are inserted or pulled out though, because whenever the, ins the rods are pulled out of like the actual chamber, like a lot more radi radiations release. Well, like uh, I've heard of though of nuclear divers, like and it, I mean, it purely depends on the plant design too, I'd say. But it's their daily job just to jump into these nuclear cooling tanks and they weld and they do basic maintenance that you have to do on any power plant. And they don't ever have any. Look at the yeah. Look at the PPE they use. Though. Yeah, it's. I know it's extensive. Like yeah. even underwater welding in itself is extremely dangerous. I imagine doing it in a highly volatile environment would uh, cause more problems. But here's something that a lot of people are worried about. Um, I imagine a lot of you know the Chernobyl event. Yeah, Chernobyl is probably the number one Chernobyl. leading anti-nuclear thing that people bring up but if you look at it i mean that was one of the first nuclear power plants and it was a poorly designed poorly funded one in soviet union um it was pretty much um destined to fail and it did fail there was a ransomware uh computer virus that was supposed to attack power plants in some like third world country and was supposed to like melt down them and it was a whole coordinated thing. Luckily they found it before it actually did anything. Yeah. I mean I've heard of other events like Fukushima, that's what it's called, Three Mile Island. Uh, it's really, Three Mile Island is actually really close to Kentucky and there's a lot of people who still remember that event. And there's uh, one in like, Wichita, Kansas, right outside of Wichita, Kansas. Well, uh, what I've seen from a lot of those are they were neglected. Like something somewhere there was neglection and that's what ended up causing the problems. When you think about it, the most dangerous aspect of nuclear power, and they're not dangerous at all, is having the right people to run it and the right regulations and codes and conduct inside the power plant. I mean, it, they're not at all expensive to upkeep. They have a very high base cost of building it and getting all the people there and all the material. But after that, they're pretty cheap. Like I'm pretty sure one mega megawatt hour costs like one to three dollars per hour in a nuclear power plant. That's really, that's extremely low. That's yeah. extremely cheap. And I mean, just to put it in perspective, the cheapest is wind at one to two cents. But I mean, wind is free. Where does wind come from? <laughs> the atmosphere. <laughs> the like world the around us. The moon. The moon. <laughs> that's not true. Yes, it yes, is. It is. Yeah.
Yes, yes it, it is. is. The moon it's causes tides. It's all the fish down there smacking their tails and making the waves. <laughs> <laughs> Fish, fish, fish moving around causes the tides. If the Earth didn't rotate, you would have no wind. Yeah, yeah. but we have atmosphere. It's all the planes flying around. It's, it's, all the all the it's, it's the birds flapping, flapping their wings. Their wings. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the people farting on the west coast. <laughs> so something I do hear a lot though with wind power is it's it's not as renewable as we think it is. Can you elaborate on how how that is? Uh, wind is. It's a it's a really big requirement of not only land and materials uh, for a relatively small amount of power. Like it costs like seventy acres to have a good wind farm, and that depends on terrain. Like if there's hills or if it's flat, and um, the amount of waste is produced. Like you can look up pictures of people of companies burying like literally burying beneath dirt a rows upon rows of old wind turbines that they can't use anymore well something i've heard though especially the fins or the, the propeller i don't know what you could call it is made out of like carbon fiber and so it cannot ever be reused it has a one use life which the fins are massive like they're they're as long as like two full 18 wheeler loads, they're massive. So yeah. that's a lot. Of I mean, you can't really, if you did take them off, well, I mean, they're all helicopter lifted up there because, I mean, you can't get them up there. So you also have to figure in that cost for renewing them. And then um, there's also the cost of like, well, you heard about the uh, one where they put them out there in the Pacific Ocean, right? Or Pacific or Gulf or oh, yeah, one of those they, two, and it yeah. and it eliminates the land problem because you think about it. I mean, you got infinite amount of land. It's just dependent on how deep it can actually go. Because I mean, if you're gonna put something and it's 300 feet deep, it's kind of pointless to put a 300 foot rod down there for it to be fixed every 10 years, you know, or something. It's just it's just one of those things. Talking about water, I know hydropower is like a big thing, and I know one of the biggest problems with it is the dis distribution of the river or whatever body of water you're using to power it. So if you build a dam, the water behind it's going to flood and the water in front of it's going to be like skinny. What are the pros and cons of that? Uh, hydropower is probably the best of the three main clean power that people bring up, solar, wind, and hydro. Hydro is probably the best. Uh, it produces the most, I'm pretty sure, for relatively small size. There are very few hydroelectric dams. I mean, you think of the big ones like Hoover Dam and everything. But yeah, I think there's one in Paducah here, and it's used by the PVA. But they, um, they produce quite a bit of power, but there's also the risks of, like, changing currents. You know, rivers, if you look at maps, rivers morph and change throughout their life cycle like the Mississippi River has probably changed more times than anybody would dare to talk about yeah. and um, it's just things like changing water um, there could be droughts and things not enough rain power hydro is good but it's not um, affordable if something really bad happens and it just shuts off working uh, you have to have some other way to give power to that area that is powering. That and you're limited on like how many hydro plants you could have because there's only so many rivers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about it. Hydropower is it's pretty good, but 
you also have the problems of like where are you going to get the resources to build this and then starting up i mean yeah you think about it i mean you got to have a lot of movement of dirt and rock and you got to build dams to be able to hold back the water to be able to make the plant and then what's the cost of running the plant that's going to be going through is it even going to make enough money to hold itself depending on how big because i know you can't make it too big because it doesn't really work up to that point but if it's too small then it doesn't make enough so is that right amount able to be made in every place that you're trying to do it you know and then like if you're trying to put one here at the state park you can't really do that because i mean they want a lake and the hydro is just going to keep it going you know unless you want to cut it off and I mean, you could let out a certain amount, but that certain amount not, might not be enough to be able to push it out, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of pros and cons, but it's a lot safer than using things that are gonna ruin the environment instead of using the natural stuff. You could also make the argument that making a hydroelectric dam would ruin the environment because you have to change yeah, the flow of rivers yeah. and like change the geographic nature of wherever you're going to build it to make the dam in the first place and that's just going to change There's everything native american resistance uh in several places where the federal government wants to build a dam but they know that once once the dam is built behind it's going to flood more and in front of it is going to go very skinny you know it's okay talking about all this renewable power and how we're constantly trying to save the environment i've heard of several different kinds of power that's really coming up right now especially nuclear fusion there's a lot of countries building nuclear fusion reactors where they combine uh the atoms to create power instead of pulling the atoms apart to create power yeah in in theory nuclear fusion would be absolutely massive it would dwarf anything that we have now in producing power wise the only problem is nobody's found out a way to feasibly control sustain it yeah. in a long-term power plant we've had a few seconds of nuclear fusion and those few seconds have produced massive amounts of power like um researchers at the joint european taurus center uh, had a fusion experiment that generated 59 megajoules of heat in about a five second period that's a lot but the only problem that they have is they can't sustain that fusion to get anything out of it yeah okay so what is it basically i mean yeah so it's you know the nuclear bomb dropped on hiroshima yeah. and stuff. that's called nuclear fission which means atoms are they are colliding. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you, you take you, you take, shoot a hydrogen atom into like a uranium, I forget a uranium, uranium particle. What it does is it splits. Uranium is a fat atom, one of the largest ones, and hydrogen is the smallest. So you're basically shooting it at it to split it apart, uh -huh. and that quick response, that quick chemical reaction, causes a massive amount of power and heat. So what we did was we took that same idea and we've made it smaller and we've made it more controlled and we've extended it. So instead of one big massive explosion, we're having one large Very explosion rapid burst over a long period of time. Well, if we're thinking about that one that at some point get uncontrollable and could do something, well, which can make it dangerous. Yeah, that, like that's what happened at uh, Good. Chernobyl, or Chernobyl, however you guys say it. But uh, nuclear 
fusion, that's even considered safer too. Uh, it's because you're taking two atoms, like two hydrogen atoms, and you're hitting them together. Well, hitting those two together like that is creating this massive amount of power. I mean, this is how stars power themselves. And yes, like you said, it creates a massive amount of energy. We have a hard time. But will we be able to hold that energy though? That's the problem that yeah. they're facing. And I mean, the one that I just mentioned, the five-second burst, that was like unprecedented. That was a huge oh, yeah. leap. Yeah. That amount of time was insane. Well, there's a research center in China I read about that did something very similar. And they almost destroyed the research center because it was so powerful, which it's, it, that's, a, that's a leap for science. I mean, we figured out how to create the most massive amount of power known to man ever. But it's a, for it, the, the problem is, is it going to be actually feasible to do? That's what and scientists that's are trying is. to figure out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could go for days on days of trying to figure out what you can do with power. But is there actually ever going to be something that's going to be so feasible in a best looking? I mean, like, it would be so great if we could put something out in the middle of the ocean, even if it blew up. I mean, the only thing we would lose is material and people, and it not be like completely destructive to our land, you know? I mean, I mean, if you think about it, if you're going to have another bomb that goes off inside of a place, and you're like, oh, it's not going to do much, but it actually does a lot, and it's an actually turns into an actual bomb, and it kills a million people when it's. Yeah. It's down in the ocean, it's only like five well, or six. It sounds bad, but at the same time, yeah, I get what you're it's saying. a lot better than... The biggest problem with power plants, especially in the nuclear sense, isn't always the explosion. It's the, the fallout and yeah. the after. The nuclear residue left over from the, the uh, leakage. Yeah, if you look at uh, Chernobyl, whenever it melted down, like they're still working on containing yeah. the the nuclear waste that is pouring out of it. Like they're yeah. they're What's afraid that groundwater is going to be irradiated. They're worrying about all this stuff that they had to put like two different giant metal sarcophaguses around Chernobyl just to try to contain it. Yeah, but like you still can't even go in Chernobyl. Yeah, they they, they have a lot of tours, but it's it's limited. Like they're still giving it a, another like it's like 150 years. to 150 years before it'll be even like yeah. remotely close to happen. And they said too that it'll be 10,000 years before it's ever regulated back out to the same Oh yeah, like before radiation it as the rest of the world. Yeah. But, which is crazy because I mean, I mean, if you think about it, if we did all these power plants, like if you had that with the power plants that we have now, like every single power plant out there, and if they were changed to that and that incident happens again, you think about, I mean, there might not be enough places around here because coal plants and all them are just right around the corner. Any way you want to look at it, nuclear power can be one of the biggest boons for humanity, but mismanaged and uh, misused it could be one of the most destructive things well, we just have to find that sweet middle ground and I think uh, we'll, we'll all prosper from well, it. Well I mean one thing that we need to also think about is the waste of everything that we do because where the waste is is not it's not always product it's, there's a lot of waste that goes to it and the waste from water from nuclear plants also has to go somewhere so we just gotta watch out for that too but uh, if, you, if our listeners or anything like our ladies, uh, you didn't enjoy this conversation, they've sat here, um, I think they've asked one question the entire time, and they're just absolutely just loving this information, I imagine. They haven't said a single word, and they've been on their phone, so I guess they're really soaking it in today. I don't know about power. Oh, it's, I mean, that's why we're here to talk. Ask yeah. questions. You're not yeah. explaining it enough. Uh, one megawatt of this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't a whole lot of power. Yeah. <laughs> 
if you're if you're anything like our ladies, you didn't uh, enjoy today's discussion. But uh, if you're anything like I guess our guys in this group, you really enjoyed it. Very educational. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And uh, when you turn the lights on tonight, remember, maybe one of the things we discussed today is what's turn on your lights. Well, if you're listening to this, it means you made it all the way through an episode of Random Ramblings. Or you just skipped to the end. Cheated. And as you know, we posted the entire season. So if you guys would like to listen to me with my intros and outros, with my friends' stories, their opinions and jokes and whatnot, continue listening. Just binge all the way through it. If you'd like to space them out, you know, savor it a little bit, do that too. We just thank you guys for listening to us. Have a great day.